Okay. Okay, well, let's just uh, start getting into this again. We're going to go right back here to Samuel. Now, remember, Samuel is the uh, tail end of, uh, oh, you got Genesis. I mean, everything's history. It's not everything you can say, but history, 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 history. You know, you say, well, Leviticus is not history. Yeah, it is. They were standing there, and they got the instructions on how to operate that tabernacle before they made the first step to the promised land. Here's what you do. And it didn't take forever. They, they learned exactly what the Levites were supposed to do. Remember, the Levites were camped around the Holy of Holies, shall we say, the tabernacle. The rest of them were camped in groups. And then here we go, on the way to the promised land. And what happened when they got there? We can't go in there. They turned around, had to wander around for, what, 40 years. Then they came right back. Okay. Now, when they came right back, it was right here. You know, they're there at Deuteronomy. It's a speech. It's a recap. It's not a recap. Well, let's, we better put some. No. Moses is standing there. right. The promised land's right there over the Jordan River. And he says, we're going to have a big meeting here. I'm not going in, but you are. I'm going to die. And he gives this big, long speech. History of what happened. And then he said, when you go in the promised land, you're going to wipe them out. Well, they did. Joshua led them in there. And I mean, by chapter 10, the whole promised land is taken over. Okay. Anyway. At the end of Joshua, boom, it went down. Judges, what's that? We'll see if you didn't know history, you wouldn't know. They lost their whole kingdom, okay? They lost all of their promised land. They were worshiping idols. Oh, I love Dagon. Oh, I love Ashtaroth. Oh, I love this idol, that idol. And God said in Deuteronomy, you're either blessed or you're cursed. And you're going to be cursed if you worship other idols. You know, other gods, shall we say. Okay, so anyways, the judges... I mean, everybody's running for their life in Judges chapter 1. They are totally scared. And Deborah and Barak are the first ones. And Gideon. And then it gets all the way to Judge, I mean, all the way to Samson, you know. Okay. And then at the end of that, this is a quick, just a three, a three chapter. It's just a little, little bedtime story, but it happened. Anyway, then here you are, boom, right here. The, everybody is still being controlled by the Philistines. And we know why. Because when Samuel... Was uh, when Samuel was you know when Samuel got on the scene, everybody was worshiping other gods, and anyway, uh, Samuel just helped them get delivered. Last week we discovered the Philistines were going to attack them, and Samuel says, "If you guys will promise to love the Lord with all your heart, get rid of all your other gods, okay? You know, uh, you know, then the Lord will help you." And he did. Okay, then they came back and they said, "Well, we want a king." Now remember, Jesus is the King of kings and the Lord of lords. And Jesus is referenced as the Son of who? I know Son of God, but he's talking about a son of a certain king. The Son of David, isn't he? Well, here we go. They're asking for a king, and their first king was Saul. The second one is David. This is where it all took place. Now, before I get to that, I mentioned this to some of us while we were sitting here uh, uh, eating breakfast together. Let me go over here to where Jesus come rolling in on that donkey. Let's see, yeah, he comes in on that donkey. I'll tell you, it's a praise report because I just knew, I, I thought, well, I'd just say that, but to me, it's a major praise report. I went, I went right to it, 21. Okay, I knew it was in this range. But anyway, the stupid Pharisees are giving him all kind of terrible questions, but of course, doesn't throw Jesus. He's fine. Let me get to uh, when uh, he's telling them all this stuff. And let's see. I want to bring up something here. Yeah, here we go. There it is right there. Look at that. Uh, Jesus is, he's asking the question. Look at this. Then surrounded by Pharisees. These are the bad guys. They're supposed to be the good guys, but they hated Jesus. Only Nicodemus and Joseph of Arimathea, and there was some more, that knew better. 
He asked them a question. What about the Messiah? Whose son is he? The son of David, they replied. Well, they were quick. Oh, it's probably David's son. Remember, David never existed. David and Goliath, that story never happened. (laughs) Then why does David speak and under inspiration of the Spirit call him Lord? For Jesus said, for David said, God said to my Lord, sit at my right hand until I put your enemies beneath your feet. Since David called him Lord, how can he merely be his son? So Jesus is sitting there. He's got his, you know, he's got his chin way out there, doesn't he? Because he's claiming David existed. Well, of course he did. They had no answer. And after that, they dared not ask him any more questions. Okay. So, he's the son of David. This is only, you only find this where, where we're going this morning. Let me get back over here to it. All right, so we're going back to 1 Samuel. Up, down, left, right. There we go. I think we were in 7. I'm guessing. Let me see where we're at. Oh, let's see. The ark remained. Oh, you know, here's, where, here's what happened. Okay. All right. So, oh, wait, we got past that. We're way past that. Okay, hang on. Yeah, because they, they got the ark back. Remember, they had hemorrhoids in that thing and rats, gold ones. Yeah, remember that? Okay. The, the Philistines um, had uh, taken it over, and all of a sudden, you can't hang around that Holy of Holies and not do what the Lord said uh, because you can't stand in his presence. Okay. Uh, let's see. Yeah, here we go. All right. Let me make sure. Just one second. Yeah, they remain there. Da, 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 da. One more second. I meant to be. Uh, okay, they sent it back. Praise the Lord. Come get it. Okay. Oh. Okay, that's where we were when we first started. In his old age. Hang on one second. That's the first king. Second. Hang on one second. Dominic. Took to, to, uh, yeah, okay, here's where that they were. Okay, I got it. They were, um, they got delivered from all these Philistines, and uh, he named the place Stone of Help. The Lord certainly helped us. I mean, you either win or you lose, and you, you don't lose unless you're just, uh, uh, you're not letting the Lord uh, uh, be your, your God. It's not a matter you sassed your mama and stuff like that. Okay, let's see. All right, here's where they go. Uh, they, uh, they wanted another king. So in his old days, Samuel retired. This is First uh, Samuel chapter 8. Uh, he had appointed his sons as judges in place. Yeah, I remember what we did last week. Oh, Joel and Abijah, his oldest son, they held court in Beersheba. Now remember, this is Samuel. And a lot of times we criticize today, well, Richard's a good preacher, but I mean, man, Melody and Dustin and Joy, they're just, his kids are just terrible. You know, you, you can't point your finger. Now you can at Eli... The first of, this, first of this book, because Eli wouldn't tell his kids no. It'd be like me if I would never tell my kids, hey, y'all going to be in trouble. Y'all better cut this out. Stop it. And with all my power within me, I'm going to ride your case. That's different. But Samuel, he's just a perfect guy. <laughs> it didn't work out with his kids. Praise the Lord. Now, my kids are wonderful. Praise the Lord. And <clears throat> He said, well, did you get lucky? No. Praise the Lord. I, I asked the Lord for his help. Praise the Lord. Just like these guys are going to do the same thing when they have families. They know how to trust the Lord. But anyway, uh, okay, so Samuel, his kids there, they were not like their father. They were greedy for money. They accepted brides and were very corrupt in the administration of justice. Let me point this out. Well, then I guess, Richard, what you're saying there is, you know, Samuel didn't pray for his kids. I'm sure he did. You never know what people are going to do, okay? You never know what people are going to do. People have their own wills, okay? 
I guarantee you Samuel was praying for his kids. But look, boy, when that money shining in their face, man, they went sour. Oh, I'd rather have, I'd, I'd really like to have a brand new BMW. Uh, guilty. That man's guilty right there. How much corruption do you think is going on in the United States government right now? Oh, my gosh. So you see how that can be. Okay. So the takeaway here is, is get the history, but don't worry about what did Samuel do wrong. No. Anyway. So they went around. So they said they told him since his retirement, things hadn't been the same. His sons are not good men. Give us a king. All right. Like all the other nations, they pleaded. Samuel was terribly upset, and they went and went to the Lord for his advice. Now, you can't do that. You just, you know. Yes, you can. When, when we read over in uh, Numbers and, well, Numbers and... Leviticus right there before they went to promised land, God got so mad at them because they made that dead burn cow. And God told Moses that I'm going to be outside the camp here. If anybody wants to confer with me, they can come over here. And I thought, people can come confer with the Lord? Yeah. The door's open, praise the Lord. All right, here we go. Do as they say, the Lord replied. I'm not the only, you're not, I'm the one they're rejecting, not you. They don't want me to be their king any longer. Remember Jesus said, whose son is he? Ever since I... This didn't happen. Oh, it did too. Ever since I brought them from Egypt, they continually forsaken me and followed other gods. Do you see in that phrase how susceptible that we are today if we don't believe the history? We've just said, ah, Lord, it was, it was, it was, it was just a coincidence that the Israelis got around Jerusalem and have a little place. And as some folks say, they shouldn't have it. We've ignored complete history. And worse than that, we have really offended the Lord by saying it never happened. Oh, it did happen. Okay, wait. Uh, let's see. And now they're giving you the same treatment. Do as they ask, but warn them about what it'd be like to have a king. So Samuel told the people what the Lord said. If you insist on having a king, he's going to say he's going to get all your sons. He's going to conscript all your sons, be the draft. They're going to make them run before his chariots. Some will be made to lead his troops in the battle. Others will be slave laborers. They'll be forced to plow in the royal fields and harvest his crops without pay. Make, uh, make, weapons and, uh, make his weapons and chariot equipment. Now, wouldn't some, somebody come along and say, Richard, you know, life is life. Life is tough. Hold on a minute. The Lord's saying right here, that's not the way it should be. Wow. Now, the Lord's going to take care of them. Okay. Because he's going to pick them out a king, although the first one's a dud. You say, well, man, is that something wrong with Jesus? No, there's nothing wrong with Jesus. The Lord had picked the king out, but he didn't want to serve the Lord. Anyway, he'll take your daughters from you and force them to cook. He'll make them work down at the local, you know, uh, you know, huddle house and whatever for him. Good grief. And make perfumes for him. He'll take away the best of your fields and vineyards and olive groves and give them to his friends. He'll take a tenth of your harvest, distribute it to his favorites. He'll demand your slaves and the finest of your youth and will use your animals for his personal gain. He'll demand a tenth of your flock. You'll be a slave. You'll shed better tears because of this king you're demanding. Uh, but the Lord will not help you. But anyway, but the people refused to listen to Samuel's warning. Even so, we still want a king. Now why? That's because the bad guys over the hill, they had a king. And you see what they were doing? They didn't want to trust the Lord. They thought the best thing to do is we're going to put somebody in charge. And he's warning them that, man, you've got to have the Lord. Anyway, so Samuel told the Lord what the people said, and the Lord replied again, do as they say and give them a king. Wow. Now you see how merciful the Lord is. The Lord's going to pick somebody out for us. So Samuel agreed, sent them home. Now we're going to read this what? We're scattering through the Bible. We'll never read this chapter until we're probably in our late 70s. God, we'll ever figure this out. Kish, next verse, was a rich, influential man of the tribe of Benjamin, 
He was the son of Abi, the grandson of Zero, the great grandson of all this make believe stuff. No, they had the genealogy. You could track that all the way back to Jacob's sons Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, Jacob's 12 kids. His son Saul was the most handsome man in Israel. Now, Richard, we don't want to talk about, yeah, there's pretty women and there's sharp looking men. Nothing wrong with that. He was head and shoulders. Taller than anyone else in the land. Buddy, he was Elvis on wheels, wasn't he? Okay. One day, Kish's donkey straight away. Now remember, this is history, and you're going to watch how the Lord takes care of this guy, and will he take care of me? Yes, he'll take care of you. Wow. Well, Kish's donkeys, that's Saul's dad, they got away. They got out of the field. So he sent Saul, his son, and a servant to look for them. They traveled all through the hill country of Ephraim and the land of... They went through Tennessee and Georgia and whatever, all around, whatever, a little closer than that. The entire land of Benjamin. They couldn't find them. Finally, searching in the land of Zuf, uh, Saul said to the servant, let's go home. By now, my dad's going to be scared. You know, he's going to be worried more about us and not the donkeys. The servant said, hey, I just thought of something. Now, think of something. Think of this. Hello. Why don't we ask the Lord? I mean, brilliant move by the servant. Hey, I just thought of something. There's a prophet who lives in this city. He's held in high honor by all the people because of everything he says comes true. Let's go find him and perhaps he can tell us where the donkeys are. That was Samuel. Remember, Samuel was a little bitty boy who never existed. I mean, I mean that literally until his mama said, I can't have kids. If you'll give me a child, I'll give him to the Lord. And boy, she had a child. Okay, Sam means what? Ask to the Lord. Well, the servant said, I, uh, no, he said, we don't have anything to pay him with, Saul replied. Even our food is gone. We don't have anything to give him. Well, the servant said, I have a dollar. At least we can offer it to him and see what happens. <laughs> well, they thought they needed to give him something. Praise the Lord. All right. All right, Saul agreed. Let's try it. They started into the city where the prophet lived. As they were climbing a hill toward the city, they saw some young girls going out to draw water and asked them if they knew whether the seer was in town. Now, notice this. In those days, the prophets were called seers. No, you have to Google that. No, you don't. The Bible teaches you on the way. The people would say rather than, let's go ask the prophet, they would, uh, as they would say. Yes, they replied, stay right on this road. He lives right down the road to the left. Okay, just inside the city gates. Uh, he has just arrived back from a trip to take part in a public sacrifice upon a hill. So hurry because he'll probably be leaving by the time you get there. Now remember, what has just happened? God said, Samuel, go ahead and give him a king. Is Samuel, you know, does he know about this? No, the Lord knows about it. So they went into the city. As they were entering the gates, they saw Samuel coming out toward them. The Lord had told Samuel the previous day. Okay, the Lord already told him about this. About this time tomorrow, I'll send a man from the land of Benjamin. No, so, isn't it neat? God just supplies all your needs. God says, okay, find me a king. Find him a king since that's what they want. And he tells him, I'm going to bring a guy to you. That's going to be him. You're to anoint him as the leader of my people. He'll save them. Look at that. Look at that. He will save them from the Philistines. See, remember, their nation, just say like America, was taken over by the Russians. Bummer. My dad had a free ride, but now as if I'm Dustin, now we're under the control of the Russians. And it's miserable, you know. But all of a sudden, God's going to send you a king. He's going to save you from the Russians or all the oppression. Look at that. Sometimes we forget that God doesn't want you to be oppressed. He doesn't. He's going to save you from the Philistines. For I have looked down from them, look at that, in mercy. Wow. And have heard their cry. When Samuel saw the, Lord, Saul, the Lord said, that's the man I told you about. He'll rule my people. Just then Saul approached Samuel and said, can you please tell me where the seer's house is? And Saul didn't know who he was. He said, I'm the seer, her prophet. Samuel replied, go up on the hill ahead of me. We're going to eat together. And in the morning, I'll tell you what. 
uh, what you want to know and send you on your way. Now, excuse me, I need to know about the donkeys. Saul's saying, you're going to eat dinner with me tonight. What? Look at that. Don't worry about those donkeys lost three, three days ago, for they have been found. And anyway, look at this. You now own all the wealth of Israel. Now, what would he, what would he get from that? Now, remember, he does know this guy's a prophet. Pardon me, sir, Saul replied. I'm from the tribe of Benjamin, the smallest in Israel. And my family is the least important in the families of the tribe. You got the wrong guy. Then Samuel took Saul and his servant into the great hall, placed them at the head of the table. Now, they were at Longhorn. You say, why do you say that? Well, let's read. Watch this. Honoring them above the 30 special guests, Samuel instructed the chef to bring Saul the choicest cut of meat. Wow. That had been set aside for the guest of honor. So the chef brought it and placed it before Saul. Man, I'll tell you what. Steak out, man. Cool. Go ahead and eat it, Samuel said. I was saving it for you even before I invited these others. So Saul ate with Samuel after the feast. Now that was meat, wasn't it? We're all supposed to be vegetarians. No? Let's keep going. Samuel took Saul up to the porch of the roof and talked to him there. At daybreak the next morning, Samuel called him up and said, Get up, it's time for you that you're on your way. Saul got up. Samuel uh, uh, accompanied him to the edge of the city. When they reached the city wall, Samuel told Saul to send the servant, Hey, tell your buddy to go on and i got to tell you something else. All right. I've received a special message from the Lord. Boom. We don't read this next year. Go right at it. Samuel then took a flax of olive oil, poured it on Saul's head, kissed him on the cheek and said, I'm doing this because the Lord's appointed you to be the king of Israel. Wow. When you leave, when you see me, you're going <laughs> to see two men beside Rachel's tomb. Well, Rachel never existed. Yes, it did. It's all connected. Now, who was Rachel? Scratch, scratch, scratch. Abraham, Isaac, Jacob. It was Jacob's mom. That's right. No, no, no. It was Jacob's, Jacob's wife. Remember, she was the one with gorgeous, but Leah was, had lovely eyes. <laughs> you know. <laughs> okay. So anyway, uh, the land of Benjamin. Matter of fact, Rachel's son, well, that's the reason they say that Rachel's son was Benjamin. And she died. Yeah, she died when she had Benjamin. He said, they'll tell you that the donkeys have been found. Your father's worried about you and asking, how am I to find my son? When you get back to the oak uh, of Tabor, you'll find... And see, what's amazing is he goes and all of a sudden here's these two guys. You know, Jesus, when he was going into Jerusalem, he told his disciples, hey, go find a place where we're going to prepare, have the Lord's Supper. And he says, when you go into town, you'll see two men approaching you. One will have a pitcher of water, whatever. Man, God just knows what's going on, doesn't he? Okay. Ah, oh, one will be bringing you, let's see. And when you get to the oak, you'll see three men coming towards you who are on their way to worship God at the altar of Bethel. One will be bringing three goats, and another will have three loaves of bread, and a third will have a bottle of wine. Now, they can't be going to go worship God with that wine. Yeah, they were. They will greet you and offer you the two loaves, which you are to accept. After that, you will come to Gibeon. Oh, well, they'll go to Decatur, uh, also known as God's Hill, where there's the garrison of the Philistines. Now, that's the bad guys, okay? As you arrive, you will meet a band of prophets coming down the hill, playing a psaltery. Now, here comes a bunch of preachers. A bunch of preachers are coming down the hill. Man, they're having a flute, and, and, and they'll be prophesying as they come. At that time, hang on, here we go. At that time, look at this. The Spirit of the Lord will come mightily upon you, and you're going to prophesy. Ah, oh, Rich, I don't get this. Yes, you do. Jesus said these signs will follow them that believe. They'll speak with new tongues. <sighs> What's that? Read your Bible, you'll find it's just prophesying. It happened in Acts chapter 2. It's something you don't do on your own. It's exactly what he says is the Spirit of the Lord just comes on them. Wow. 
you'll feel and act like a different person. Wow. From that time on, your decisions will be based on what seems best under the circumstances for the Lord to guide you. Go to Gilgal, wait there seven days for me, and I'll be coming to sacrifice burnt offerings, peace offerings. I'll give you further instructions. So basically, do all this stuff, and in one week, I'll see you. Okay. Now, remember, we're coming up on David and Goliath here real soon. We're already at chapter 10. David kills Goliath in chapter 17. We hear about David in 16. As Saul said goodbye and started to go, God gave him a new attitude. And all Samuel's prophecies came true. He saw all those guys. And Saul and the servant arrived at the hill of God. They saw the prophets coming down. The Spirit of God came on him. Man. And he began to prophesy. When his friends heard it, they said, When did Saul ever go to preacher school? What's going on here? And his neighbors added, uh, uh, No, they said, is, he, is, is Saul a prophet? And one of the neighbors said, with a father like this? <laughs> so that's the origin of the proverb. Is Saul a prophet too? I mean, a lot of stuff there, man. Praise the Lord. This, uh, man. Remember Jesus said when you face people, you know, and you've got to stand before them and give a testimony. He said, it won't be you that speaks. It's going to be the spirit of your father that speaks through you. Anyway, Saul replied, uh, no, he, let's see, where we get to? Yeah. He finished prophesying. He climbed the hill to the altar. Where in the world did you go? Saul's uncle asked him. That was Abner. Abner. He winds up being commander-in-chief of Saul's armies, which guess who takes over that position? David does. But then Saul gets mad at David, throws his spear at him, and David has to hightail it. Abner is now in charge. Anyway, Saul replied, when to look, uh, we, we went to look for the donkeys. We couldn't find them. So we went to the prophet Samuel to ask him where they were. Oh, and what did uh, he say? His uncle asked. He said the donkey's been found. Saul replied, but he didn't tell him. He's, he didn't want to tell him, hey, I'm the new big shot. He, he didn't want to say it. Matter of fact, he's scared right now. Why? Well, it's kind of interesting. He's hiding. Samuel now called the convoca convocation. He's going to publicly anoint him. And guess what Saul is? <laughs> he's hiding. He's hiding. He go Here's read it. Here comes some more no-nos. So he called a big congregation. Samuel did. Presenting the king. They can't even find him. <laughs> It's like the king, what is it, song with no clothes, you know, whatever. And gave this message from the Lord. I brought you, <laughs> it happened, didn't it? I brought you from Egypt, rescued you from the Egyptians, from all the nations that were torturing you. Think he'd help you today? What if it's health? Yeah. Financial. Yeah. Any of this. But although I have done so much for you, you rejected me. Really? We want a king. All right then, present yourselves before the Lord by tribes and clans. So Samuel called the tribal leaders together before the Lord, and the tribe of Benjamin was chosen by sacred lot, you know, rolling some sort of dice thing, and it all fell to, well, it's going to come out, somebody's going to come out of Benjamin here. He brought each of the families of the tribe of Benjamin before the Lord, and the family of the Matrites was chosen. And finally, the sacred lot selected Saul, the son of Kish, but when they looked for him, <laughs> he was hiding. <laughs> so they asked the Lord, why do you keep asking the Lord? You know, God knows where your car keys are. God knows where a job is. God knows, and he wants to get it to you. We've got to correct our thinking, thinking he won't help. He won't help. This is a big, remember, they're, they're having a big to-do here. And uh, Richard, you going to get that song up on the projector? <laughs> Jesus' name. How many times have I ever done that, you know? Lord, I need this verse. Oh, I forgot that verse. Jesus' name. Whatever. Anyway, where is he? Is he here among us? And the Lord replied, he's hiding in the baggage. 
He's what? Yeah, he's hiding in the baggage. So they found him, brought him out, and he stood, there it is again, head and shoulders above everyone else. Ah, then Samuel said to the king, This man the Lord has chosen as your king. There isn't an equal in all Israel. And the people shouted, Long live the king. Here we go. Now remember, this is Israel's first king. Who's his second king? David. Isn't that right? How quick that goes. And David was told, Your dynasty will go forever. Referring to when the Messiah comes. Anyway, you know the story. Then Samuel told the people again what the rights and duties of the king were. He wrote them in a book, put it in a special place before the Lord. Samuel sent the people home again. Bye-bye. Y'all have a good night. Then Saul returned to his home at Gibeah, and a band of men whose hearts the Lord had touched became his constant servant, constant companions. Look at that. I mean, Dustin has to pay for his friends. He don't have a decent friend in all the world. No, he doesn't. Same with Aaron. People just come around you. And I'll tell you, when you're in the service of the Lord, which just means you're a Christian, it's fantastic. God puts people around you, and it's not one or two. Wow. Now look at this. Verse 7, though. There were, however, some bums and loafers who exclaimed, How can this man save us? And they despised him and refused to bring him presents. But he took no notice. So that's what we're going to do. Take no notice. Now remember, our nation, we're going to call Israel, is totally run over by the bad guys. At this time, nation, at that time, Nashon, uh, Nahash led the army of the Ammonites against the Israel, Israeli city of Jabesh. But the citizens of Jabesh asked for peace. In other words, these are Israelites. They don't even have a plow stick. Nobody's allowed to have a weapon. Leave us alone and we'll be your servants. In other words, don't kill us and we'll just be your servants. Now watch what happens. All right, these Ammonite kings said, on one condition, I'm going to gouge out one of your eyes. I remember, I remember I loved Tarzan. I just enjoyed those black and white movies Mama let me watch. And one time I was watching old Tarzan. They were going to burn his eyes out. <laughs> that scared me so bad. I ain't never watching Tarzan anymore. You know, They had that coals of fire and they were going to put it in this guy's eye. And they already did it to one guy. And he's going, ah! <laughs> you know, can you imagine that? So these guys say, well, you can be our servants, but we're going to gouge one of your eyes out. <clears throat> As a disgrace upon Israel. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. That's where David had so much strength. Who is this uncircumcised Philistine that he should disgrace the armies of the living God? That is not supposed to happen. We're more than conquerors. Well, they, the Israelis said, hey, give us seven days to see if we can get some help, replied the elders of Jabez. If none of our brothers will come and save us, then we agree you come knock out one of our eyes. Let's see what happens. When the messengers came to Gibeah, Saul's hometown, and told the people about their plight, everyone broke into tears. I guess so. Dad, burn it. We got it. One of our local towns is fixing to become real slaves. Saul was plowing in the field. Now he's king. Well, yeah, but it hadn't really taken effect yet. He's still driving a John Deere tractor out there. When he returned to town, he said, What's, Why is everybody crying? They told him about the message from Jabez. Then the Spirit of God came strongly on Saul, and he got ticked off. Now, wait a minute. I thought I wasn't supposed to lose my cool. No. You can be angry and sin not. But I tell you, well, all this, be polite. Did Saul go out there and say, now look, we want to know. No, he didn't. He, man, he cleaned these guys' clock. He took two oxen, cut them into pieces, and sent messengers to carry them out throughout all Israel. What did he do? He cut the bull's head off, the ears off, the legs, and whatever, sent them all over throughout all Israel. Look what he says. This is what will happen to the oxen of anyone who refuses to follow Saul and Samuel to battle. He announced. And God caused the people to be afraid of Saul's anger, and they came as one man. Wow. 
So in other words, halftime, we're coming back. We're going to be a different second half. All right, here we go. Let's see. We'll get back to it. Where'd it go? Yeah. Uh, yeah, all right. He counted them in Bezel and found there were 300,000 of them. Wow, that's how big their army was, like a half a million. So he sent messengers back to that town that was going to lose an eye. We're going to rescue you tomorrow at noon. What joy was there was through the, throughout the city. Praise the Lord. Wouldn't you like to know I ain't going to lose my eyeball? Okay. Then the men of Jabez told their enemies, we surrender. Now they're faking. Oh, yeah, we surrender. We surrender. Tomorrow, come on out, and you can just get us. Oh, really? Oh, really? But early the next morning, Saul uh, arrived, having divided his army into three detachments. He launched a surprise attack against the Ammonites, slaughtered them all night, all, I mean, all morning. The remnant of their army was so badly scattered, not two of them were left. Then the people exclaimed to Samuel, Oh, where are those men who said that Saul shouldn't be our king? But Saul replied, hey, nobody's going to be executed today for the Lord has rescued. Who did it? The Lord rescued Israel. Now, where did all this rescuing come from? Moses said that's what's going to happen. As soon as you get out of Egypt, it's going to keep on happening. They're the ones that made it hard. Samuel said to the people, come, let's go to Gilgal and reconfirm Saul as king. So they went to Gilgal and, saw, and made a solemn ceremony before the Lord, crowned him as king. They offered peace offerings to the Lord. And look at that. And all of Israel were very happy. That's the way we should be. We walk out of here. We're, that's the way we're supposed to be. Let's get a piece of this and we'll stop right here. Then Samuel addressed the people again. In other words, he didn't say, hey, hey, y'all come. No, this is still the meeting, the meeting again. They reconfirmed Saul's king. Look. I have done as you asked. I've given you a king. Selected him ahead of my own sons. Now as I stand here old and gray-haired, a man who's been in public servants uh, since the time he was a lad. Now tell me as I stand before the Lord, before his anointed king, whose, whose ox or donkey have I ever stolen? Have I ever defrauded you? Have I ever oppressed you? Have I ever, have I ever taken a bride? Can't say this about my kids, but have I? Tell me. And he said, I'll make it right. Now remember, Samuel's real old. Uh, no, they replied, you've never gotten on to us. You never did this, never did that. And the Lord has anointed king are my witnesses, Samuel declared, that you can never accuse me of robbing you. Yes, that's true. It was the Lord. Look at that. It was the Lord who appointed Moses and Aaron, Samuel continued. He brought your ancestors. Here it is. He brought them out of Egypt. Now I stand here quietly before the Lord as I remind you of all the good things he has done for you and your ancestors. Now where is he going with this? Your tendency in mind is to not trust the Lord unless we do what Jesus said. You've got to seek first the kingdom of God. You've got to say, Lord, I trust you, even though it looks bad now. Doctor said this, I don't care. I'm going to trust you. Yeah, but Lord, all my friends, I'm going to trust you. I'm going to trust the Lord. When the Israelites were in Egypt, it never happened. Yes, it did. He sent Moses, Aaron, to bring them into this land. But they soon forgot about the Lord their God. So he let them be conquered by, that's a historical figure, Sisera, the general of King Hazar's army, and by the Philistines and the king of Moab. Wow, but remember, somebody nailed him, drove a tent stake right, right through his head. Remember that story? Then they cried to the Lord and confessed that they had sinned by turning away from him and worshiping the Baal and Ashtaroth idols. See, that's where their trouble was. It wasn't that they drove fast on the interstate. I know I'm a sinner, Lord, somewhere. I know I'm just no good. Where are, you, where are you getting that from? Have a real relation. Do you treat one of your friends that way? You know, if I was Dustin's friend, do I go to, out to dinner with him? No, Dustin, I, I'm not worthy to eat dinner with you. We, we don't treat anybody but our own traditions that way. Cut that out. 
It's mercy. Remember, David wrote a psalm and said, Now I know I've blown it, but I'm in big trouble right now. So let's don't, and nobody, everybody else has been guilty just as me. Then let's get right to the point. I need your help. Boy, what a good prayer. It's like Psalm 122 right there. Anyway. Then the Lord said to Gibeon, uh, yeah, uh, and Barak and Jephthah and Samuel to save you and to live in safety. Now, what's that? He just endorsed the book of Judges right there. Must have happened. Yeah. And when you're afraid of King Nashon, this was the other day. The king of Ammon, you came to me and said you wanted a king to reign of you, but the Lord God was already your king, for he's always been your king. All right, he's going to say, and the Lord helped you, and we wiped him out. Okay? Look him over. You've asked for him, and the Lord answered your request. Now, here we go. If you will fear and worship the Lord and listen to his commands and don't rebel against the Lord, if both you and your king follow the Lord, look at that, all will be well. Yeah, we need to focus on that. If you look at Matthew, Mark, and Luke, and John, people just like you and me, they all came to Jesus. It was all made well, no matter what was going on in their life. Jesus fixed it all. We're just, we're, it's like Dustin put that mat out there for us. Blessed going in, blessed going out. Don't let anything throw you. If you don't feel like you're blessed, go to the Lord and say, Lord, something's got to change here. All will be well. Do you know the very first psalm says that? He'll be like a tree planted by the rivers of water. Whatever he doeth prospers. So if something's not prospering, why don't you do like Saul did here and his servant? We lost the, uh, the donkeys. I know a guy, he'll tell us where they are. Well, if it's the Lord's will. No, it's not. They knew it was the Lord's will. Hey, uh, and Samuel said, hey, about those donkeys, your dad's got them back. God, take care of everything for you. But if you rebel against the Lord's command, refuse to listen to him, then <laughs> his hand will be heavy on you and as it was upon your ancestors. Notice you lose your whole dad burned kingdom. It's gone. Wow. Now watch as look look at that verse. Now watch as the Lord does great miracles. Remember Jesus said one time to a fellow by the name of Nathan? Nathan said, Man, you're the son of God because you knew me. Because Jesus said, I saw you under the fig tree. Jesus said, You'll see greater things than this. You'll see the windows of heaven open and the angels coming and going on the Son of Man. Wow. Okay. You must know that it does not rain this time. Of, look at this. <laughs> watch This is the end of this. We're almost watching. We'll stop. Remember Samuel saying, I'm telling you the truth here. God's going to give you miracles. Well, look what he's fixing to happen. You know it don't rain right now. Why'd Samuel mention that? Because he's going to make it rain. I'm in a frog strangler in just a second. I'm going to pray the Lord to send thunder and rain today so that you'll realize the extent of your wickedness in asking for a king. I'm going to mention Gene Wilder movie I saw not too long ago. And I'll use him two things. Gene Wilder's supposed to be a monk. And these Indians are saying, they captured him because they're saying, make it rain. And Gene's really mad. He goes, that's not in God's <laughs> jurisdiction. He doesn't take care of that. And all of a sudden, <laughs> thunder crashes and it starts pouring down rain. I'm telling you, don't, oh, why would we believe that kind of stuff? You hear it a lot today. Well, you don't, Richard, you don't really think if you're scheduling something outside, you can pray and ask God. Yes, I do. Because of this, because of James chapter 5, Elisha prayed, it didn't rain for three years, and then he prayed again, it rained again, and it says, I am just like him, like passions. Anyway, get back to this. So, the, so he called to the Lord, but he said, because they're, they're asking for a king. Samuel called to the Lord, and the Lord sent thunder and rain. The people were very much afraid of the Lord because of Samuel. Pray for us lest we die, they cried to Samuel. Must have been some pretty good fireworks in that thunderstorm. For we have added to our sins by asking for a king. He says, look, don't worry about it. 
You've certainly done wrong, but make sure that from now on you worship the Lord with true enthusiasm and you don't turn your back on Him in any way. Otherwise, look at that. Uh, no, excuse me. Other gods can't help you. Wow. The Lord will not abandon His chosen people for that would dishonor His great name. He made you a special nation for Himself just because He wanted to. Do you know God wants to show out to the world through you? Let Him do it. Just don't tolerate your unbelief saying He won't. As for me, I will certainly not sin against the Lord by ending my prayers for you. Well, your prayers don't help. Well, what do you say that for? It does. Here's the end of it. I'll continue to teach you those things which are good and right. Trust the Lord and sincerely worship Him. Think of the tremendous things He has done for you. Now, sometimes I want to point this out. Sometimes we think it's just all about, I don't want to ask the Lord for nothing. I just want to, I just, want to just be in His presence. Oh, please, come on. God knows you love Him. He knows your heart. You need help, He'll get you help. You're having trouble financially? Let Him do something for you. But if you continue to sin, uh, you and your king will be destroyed. Well, okay, but we're not going to do that, are we? So guess what? We ain't going to be destroyed. Jesus came to you might have life and have it more abundantly. Father, we just thank you for your word today. Just, just looking at what you did in history, praise the Lord. We're going to trust you too. Hallelujah. Every day is a new day. Will I trust you or not? So, Father, we just thank you, Lord. If, if we're hurting financially, you'll take care of that. If we're hurting where our health is concerned, you'll fix that. And if it's something else, whatever, it doesn't matter what it is, you're our God. And you're going to show the world through us how much you love them through us and all the great things, the great miracles you're going to do. So, Lord, that doesn't leave anything left but for us to just trust the Lord and let other people see what Jesus is doing in our life. In Jesus' name, amen. Praise the Lord. <clears throat> all right.